All right, if you have your Bibles, would you turn me to Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 to 23. Tonight we're going to begin a new series entitled The Four Points of the Cross. And for tonight and the next few weeks, I want to speak to you specifically about what the cross of Jesus Christ means for you and me. About two years ago or last year, I did a series on the blood of Jesus. And I believe that it was one of those series that is just one of those rock-solid, bedrock truths that no matter what hell breaks loose in this world, you can always go back to. And tonight I want to speak to you about the cross of Jesus Christ. If you look at me at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, I want, or pardon me, Colossians chapter 1, I want you to hear, and you don't need to turn there, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. And here's what it says. The Apostle Paul says, For I have resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I want you to hear that one more time. For I have resolved to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You, you know, if we don't have that one foundation in place, Jesus Christ and him crucified, we're here in vain tonight. If we don't have that one truth deep in our hearts, our marriage can't be blessed, Jesus Christ and him crucified. If we don't have that one truth, we can't enjoy life, uh, we can't have the blessings God wants us to have, but it's when we grasp what Jesus Christ uh, did on the cross for you and me. That's where we begin to live the type of life that God wants us to live. And so I want you to look at First Corinthians, or Colossians chapter 1 tonight. And I want to look at this first point tonight that we just saw in our video, forgiveness. Never has our society, does this country ever needed before, the forgiveness of God. Never have our marriages needed more forgiveness of God. Never between a son and a mother or a father or a daughter and a mother and father has our relationships and this culture and the best country in the world needed forgiveness. And I want to speak to you about the four points of the cross we're going to look at tonight, forgiveness. One week we're going to look at grace, one week mercy, and one week judgment. So let's look at tonight, Colossians chapter 1, and I want to look at verses 21 to 23, and, and I just got to say this. This is the good news tonight. What I'm about to speak to you is about a love so unconditional, no matter what you've done, God can completely forgive it. I want to speak to you about a grace so powerful that no matter what type of things you've done to screw your life up, God can pick it up and turn it around. I want to speak to you about the forgiveness that we can only find through the cross of Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1, verse 21 and 23, and here's what the word says. It says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Look at your neighbor and say, Barry's talking to you. Just go ahead and do it. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Verse 23, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel, for this is the gospel that you have heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Tonight I want to speak to you about 
the four points of the cross that I want to look at tonight. Forgiveness. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for the forgiveness that only you can give. Thank you, Lord, for the pardon only you can give. Thank you for the life turning around power of the resurrection only you can give. And I pray right now for those that are in these seats and they've got secret sins that nobody knows about, sins of pornography, sins of lying, sins of cheating, sins of stealing, sins of lusting, whatever they are, Lord, let them know that your grace can forgive. Lord, for those that are having trouble forgiving others, that that somebody did something to them and it hurt them and they're having trouble letting it go, God, would you let your forgiveness heal them? Lord, we just love you and I ask you, Lord, to have not my words be spoken but yours. Thank you that my sins are forgiven. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. I wanna speak to you about three parts tonight. First of all, we're gonna look at the bad news, then we're gonna look at the good news, then we're gonna look at the great news. So let's look at the first one, let's get the bad news out of the way. Here is the bad news, fact number one, we were completely disconnected from God. Man, that is the truth. Every person when they're born is completely disconnected. Now, some of us, got connected a little bit earlier than the others. How many of you were practically born in the church? Just raise your hand. I mean, there's some people, it's almost like your mom gave birth on the altar. I mean, you were just here at the church. Now, there's some of us that got a little saved, saved a little bit later in life. That's me. I would be a fourth-generation alcoholic if not for the grace of God. So let's look at what verse 21 says. This is what the Bible says, Colossians chapter 1, and we're going to stay in Colossians chapter 1 the whole night. It says, once you were alienated. What's it mean to be an alien? It means that you don't belong. And friends, before we received what Jesus did on the cross, we didn't belong to God. We weren't connected to him. We were totally separated from him. Have you ever just seen crazy things going on in our nation? It's because people aren't connected to Jesus. Now, I believe every Christian should vote. Can I borrow an amen? I believe Christians need to vote not along party lines, but along biblical lines. But politics doesn't change a man or woman's heart. God's forgiveness does. If you see a couple, one's a Christian, one's not a Christian, the answer isn't counseling. The answer is they both need to become sons and daughters of God. You see somebody who's a bad parent, the answer is they need to get connected to God. And so tonight, here's the very first part of the bad news. We were completely separated from God. Let's look at number two. So here's the second fact. (laughs) And some of you might be still struggling with this today. Number two, we had serious mind issues. Now don't raise your hand, but there might be somebody next to you that's still got those. (laughs) Serious mind issues. Here's what the Bible says. Let's look at verse 21 again. It says, for... You were enemies in your minds. Okay, let's just, let's let's diagnose this here for a second. People that are more concerned about humpback whales than unborn children. That's the truth. They got mind issues. They got mind issues. People that believe that the way we control Sexual transmitted disease is to give condoms to your 14-year-old boys and girls. 
in public schools. They got mind issues. And see, what happens is when we're separated from God, we're just not thinking straight. You know, when I look at somebody who comes to Crown Point Church and they haven't received Jesus yet, we're not supposed to judge them. If somebody doesn't know Jesus, they're going to do weird things because they don't know Jesus. Listen to me. The most mature Christians, listen, are the least judgmental. If you see a Christian that judges other people, you can quote me, they're an immature believer. Because the people closest to God leave the judging up to him. That's good preaching, I know. You don't have to say amen, I know it's good. Okay, so let's look at the third fact tonight, number three. So what's the bad news? Number one, before the cross of Christ, totally separated from God. Number two, we had serious mind issues. In fact, our minds kept us away from God. Let's look at number three. Look at Colossians 1, verse 21. So it says, once you were alienated, you were enemies in your minds. And then what's that say? Because of your evil behavior. Fact number three, we lived lives apart from God. Just completely apart. Completely apart. I can't tell you how many young couples come into my office for premarital counseling. How many people come into my office in their 60s or 70s? How many people come into my office raised in the church, not raised in the church, from all walks of life, if they've got problems in their life? It was because they were apart from God. I can't say this enough. Just because you come to church doesn't mean you're close to God. Some of the people furthest away from God come to church. That's the truth. Because knowing God is not an attendance issue, it's a heart issue. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of your life. Here's what Matthew 22.37 says. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And so here's what happens. Before the cross of Christ, we were completely separated from God. Our minds had serious issues. And we lived apart from him. Now let's look at the good news. Number four, fourth fact about the cross of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 22. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I love this. Let's look at verse 22. But now. If you're taking notes, just circle that word now. Man, I love that. But now. If you turn to Jesus right now, he begins to change things in your life. If you turn to Jesus right now, he begins to heal. If you turn to Jesus right now, he begins to love. Right now, he begins to forgive. And let's look at verse 22. It says, but now he has reconciled you. Fact number four, we have been brought close to God because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Nothing we can do. No amount of going to Crown Point 101 to 401 or small groups bring us close to God. It's the cross of Jesus Christ. My desire is to preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. We have been brought close to God through the cross. I just want you to hear this tonight. There is no way to get close to Jesus, no way to get close to God without the cross. We've been brought close. Let's look at number five. And, and Can I just say that something real quickly here? No matter where you are in life, we need to get closer. If you've been a Christian for 10 years, praise God, let's get closer, baby. If you've been a Christian for 50 years and born on this altar, let's get closer. God wants you and me 
closer to him every year. I pray a year from now, you'd look at me and say, man, Barry's a different man. Can I tell you, anybody remember what last Wednesday night was? Last Wednesday night was Kelly and I's ninth anniversary. And she works north the river, and I took her out to a very romantic place Wednesday for lunch. Pizza shop is where we went. <laughs> because, you know, when you only have an hour for lunch, you can only get so romantic. But Friday night, we went out to a bed and breakfast, and I took her out of town, and we had some great one-on-one uh, -on -one time. But my prayer is, Lord, every year, let me be closer to my wife. Lord, every year, let me be more focused on meeting her needs and putting Kelly ahead of me. How much more so should that be our relationship with God? Look at me. Some of you just need, you need to check up from the neck up. Get closer! God wants us closer to him. Let's look at number five. So here, let's look at the fifth fact tonight. It's that, look at verse 22. It says, but now he has reconciled you. Now here's verse five, or verse 22. By Christ's physical body. Number five, we were brought close to God, not by our works, but by the sacrifice of Christ. Now I want you to hear that. You are not brought closer to God by your works, but by Jesus' sacrifice. Look at verse 22. By Christ's physical body. Okay, let me just, um, I, I share this story sometimes at weddings. And I think I've shared it here, but I'm not sure. In the medieval days, have I shared this, Kelly? Okay, I just, there's like one or two words and she can tell where I'm going. Okay, now, I'd say she's such a woman of God. When we go out of town and preach at other churches, she just, I mean, she's heard so many. Kelly can come up here and preach you my sermons and do a better job, but don't anybody say amen to that. Okay, so it was in the middle, it was in the middle, middle ages, and there was this young couple. They were engaged to be married, and the groom, this is a true story, the groom had violated one of the town's greatest laws, and Lord Cromwell was the lord over this middle, middle um, town, and he had declared that the groom was to be hanged the next, board, the next morning when the church bells ring. And so the next morning, the groom is brought out, the noose is placed around his neck, and Lord Cromwell motions to the bell tower for the bells to begin to ring. And they don't hear any bells. And he motions again, and they don't hear any bells. Finally, he's shaking his fist at the bell tower, and they don't hear any bells, so he sends some of his soldiers up to the bell tower, and they bring down this beautiful, lovely young woman. And her whole body is bruised, battered, and bloody. And what they found out is, you know how for a bell there's a big ball? She had completely hugged this ball so that when it would hit the side of the bell, it would be muted. And Lord Cromwell looks at this young woman and he says, why did you keep the bell from ringing? True story. And the woman says, the man you want to hang is my fiance who I'm engaged to be married to. I will sacrifice my life for his. And Lord Cromwell, overwhelmed with emotion, looking at this beautiful woman, now bones broken, blood coming out of her body. He looks and he says, I will pardon 
this man because of your love. And friends, can I tell you, that doesn't even, that only scratches the surface of the sacrifice Jesus made for you and me. Friends, that only scratches the, sa- the surface of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for you and me. And we are brought close to him, not by what we do, but by what we believe. And then once we believe, it changes, starts from the inside and comes out. And we're brought close to him only by the cross of Jesus Christ. Number six, fact number six. Okay, man, this is good. Verse 22. So it says, he will present you holy in his sight without blemish. Okay, some of you, this means more than others. Now, can I just be really vulnerable? As a pastor, I hear a lot of stuff. Now, let me tell you what Pastor Newby would say, and this is the official position of Crown Point Church and the Assemblies of God. When you sin, you don't have to tell us. Do I have an amen to that? Everybody say, God bless the Catholics. Hey, listen, listen. If they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, Methodist, Baptist, Lutheran, they're gonna be in heaven. Okay, but aren't you glad you don't go to a church where you've gotta tell your pastor everything that you do? I mean, I just kind of break that down. I'm like, whoo. I'd have to change churches a lot. You know what I'm saying? I mean, man. Okay. But even though we call that, the, if you want to know, the theological term is called the priesthood of the believer. And what that means is the Bible, not me, the Bible teaches that you don't have to go to man. Let me just give you a couple of scriptures on that if you want them. First uh, John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and will purify us from all unrighteousness. Psalm 32, 5, this is a big one. I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and he forgave the guilt of my sins. Psalm 65, 3, when we were overwhelmed by our sins, he forgave our transgressions. And so what happens is the Bible does not teach you go to your pastor. The Bible says you go to God through Jesus Christ to confess your sins. Okay, but I want you to get verse 22. Look at it real close here. It says, he will present you holy in his sight without blemish. So let me just be real. This is not one of those sermons on how to get prosperous where everybody's saying amen. For those of you that have committed adultery, God says without blemish. For those of you that have stolen, God says without blemish. And let me just say for the guys here, Jesus said if you lust after another woman and she's not your wife, you've committed adultery. For those of you that have stolen without blemish, for those of you that have been arrested, God says without blemish. Isn't that, isn't that good preaching? God says, for those of you that have been bad parents, without blemish. For those of you divorced, without blemish. For those of you in pornography, without blemish. For those of you that cheat, without blemish. For those of you that steal, for all those that are greedy, without blemish. And that's only because of Jesus Christ. His cross means you and me can be completely without blemish. Completely. 100%. So here's what the, the sixth fact is. We are now cleansed and set apart. No, sorry. We are now cleansed. What I put up there, Pam? We are now cleansed. This is gonna be a modified here, right here. Let me try to get the interpretation on what I wrote down here. We are now cleansed and set apart. Take a bow out, put a part in. 
from the junk of this world because of what Jesus did on the cross. And I just want to get you this, I just want to give this to you here. If the devil comes to you and reminds you of that sexual sin, hey, you're set apart now in Jesus' name. If the devil comes to you and reminds you how you stole something, you are completely set apart. If the devil reminds you of something horrible you did to your spouse, to your kids, or to yourself, God says if you've received Jesus Christ, you are set apart. But it's only through the cross. It's only through the cross. It is only through, look at that one more time. He will present you holy in his sight without blemish. So if you're here tonight and you struggle from guilt, the way you get over that is you focus on what Jesus did, not on what you did. Let's look at fact number seven. Almost done here. We are now free from false accusation. Look at verse 22. It says, he will present you holy in his sight and without blemish, free from accusation. Now let me give you a couple things here. A couple things here. First of all, sometimes the devil does give us the right accusation. There are certain things that we've done and he remembers them. Anybody, anybody would agree with that? <laughs> the, ne- the devil never forgets the sins we commit. Never. So sometimes he accurately says, you're lied but you're not a liar anymore. You stole, but you're not a thief anymore. And then sometimes, says the devil ever done this? He falsely accuses you. You've done, you you didn't even do it, and he accused you. Friends, can I tell you something? We're free from false accusation. We're free. If you go to God and ask him to forgive you, the next time the devil brings it up, it's a false accusation. Let me just give you an example here. Now, I love Ron Schulenberg. Ron's a man of God. I love him, he's a brother from another mother, okay? But now, if Ron comes up to me and tries to give me a ticket for speeding, I'm just like, I love you, Ron, but you're being an idiot today, okay? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what? <laughs> if Ron says, you know what, Barry, I'm gonna have to take you to jail. And, I'm, and I'll just look at him and say, do you really wanna get hurt that bad? You know, no, I'm just, okay, but if Jason Cooley or one of the many police officers comes into contact with me and says, I'm putting you underneath arrest. I'll go with them, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Because they've got the authority. And I want you to get this, listen to me. Only God has the authority to judge you. You know how sometimes we say Christians shouldn't judge people? I want you to understand something, I want you to hear me. Even the devil doesn't have the authority to judge you. Only God, only God. And I just gotta say this. If you're here, and man, you wanna write this down if you're struggling with this. If you're here and you feel guilty, you're out of God's will. If you're here tonight and you're a Christian and you're feeling guilty because you committed some sin, you are out of God's will because God wants you to feel free. He wants you to feel forgiven. He wants you to feel whole. And here's what Romans 8, 1 says. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. One translation of the Bible says, condemnation doesn't exist for the Christian. Let me give you fact number eight is, Ferdy and the team come to play softly, not even eight o'clock. Look at verse 23. Fact number eight. If you continue in your faith and established and firm. Now, now, did you hear that? We only get to keep all these good things if we continue in the faith. That's one of the scriptures that disproves eternal security right there. 
That's not my words, look right there. If, uh, um, Colossians 1.23, if you continue in the faith. So what's fact number eight? We now must keep what God has given us by trusting God. Did you get that? We must now keep it. Have you ever asked God for something and God gives it to you and then the devil tries to take it away? You ever had that? Where maybe you're really anxious about something, you're really nervous about something and you go to God in prayer and then God gives you a peace and then the devil tries to take it? Listen to me. When God gives you something, you don't have to let go. When God gives you something, it's yours. God is not an Indian giver. He isn't. He's not. He's a loving God. God wants to bless you. God wants to give you a greater life than you could ever ask, dream, or imagine. But when he gives it to you, you gotta, hey, you got to hold on to it. God blessed me nine years and one week ago with Kelly Young. But I just can't be any type of low-beat husband. No, 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 no. I need to do everything I can to put her above me, to, to worship the Lord and ask God to help me to bless her and to minister to her. I need to try to make sure that I fulfill every need that she has. I need to treat her like a princess because when God gives you something, he wants you to keep it. But I've seen people that God blesses and they lose the blessing. Don't lose it. The good news is if you lose it, you can still get it back. But I just like to keep it the whole time. Amen? Let me give you a fact number nine. Is that, now I want you to get this last one here tonight. Verse 23. It says, if you continue in faith, established and firm. Look at verse 23. Not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. I want you to see that. Not moved. Let's look at fact number nine. We don't have to be roller coaster Christians. Have you ever seen roller coaster Christians? Oh man, if they're having a good week and Pastor Ferdy's leading worship, woo, thank you, Jesus. And then they have a bad week and they look like death warmed over. I mean, have you ever seen somebody where, where I mean, they're just up and down? Uh, you, you don't even know how to talk to them because you don't know how they're going to be. But look at verse 23. It says, these aren't my words, not moved. You know what God wants for your life and mine? He doesn't want us to be this type of Christian. He wants us to be this type of Christian where we just keep going up. Now, are we going to have bad days? Yes. But God doesn't want those bad days to turn into bad years or bad decades. The Bible says that we go from glory to glory. And friend, tonight, listen. God wants you blessed. But it's only through the cross. Let me give you the last thing. Now, it's great news. So we've looked at the bad news We've looked at the good news. Let me end up with the great news. Because, it's right at the bottom of your notes. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, when we put our faith in him, our sins are completely covered and removed. And we are totally forgiven as if we never sinned. Now, did you see that? One more time. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, when we put our faith in him, our sins are completely covered and removed, and we are totally forgiven as if we never sinned. Only the cross of Christ can do that. You know what? There's been times that I've made mistakes in my marriage. I can't go back and make it right. 
It's too late. There's been times I've made mistakes as a pastor. I can't go back and make it right. But I can receive God's forgiveness and he can make it right as if it never happened. But it's only through this. Well, you know, I, let me give you a scripture for that as we close. It's Romans 5.20. And it says this, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. Did you hear that? It doesn't say where sin abounds, grace comes just to cover it up. No, no, no. Romans 5.20 says where, great, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. And if you're here tonight, God doesn't want you to struggle with guilt. He loves you. If I could everyone bow your heads tonight. Lord, thank you in Jesus' name for the cross. Thank you, thank you, thank you.